Welcome to TSX Quarterly, the podcast that brings you publicly available earnings calls from companies listed on the Toronto Stock Exchange in one convenient location. Gone are the days of looking through confusing websites. You'll find the important information right here. Enjoy the call. Good morning. My name is Chris, and I'll be your conference operator today. At this time, I'd like to welcome everyone to the Kirkland Lake Gold third quarter 2021 conference call and webcast. All lines have been placed on mute to prevent any background noise. After the speaker's remarks, there will be a question and answer session. If you'd like to ask a question during this time, simply press star, then the number one on your telephone keypad. And if you'd like to withdraw your question, please press star one again. Thank you. Mark Utting. Senior Vice President of Investor Relations, you may begin. Thanks very much, Operator, and uh, welcome everyone to our third quarter 2021 conference call and webcast. Um, with the timing of our planned merger with the Eagle Eagle, which we're very excited about, this will likely be our, our last conference call. And uh, I think if you've looked at our results, you'll agree with me that uh, we're finishing with a bang. Um, we've got record earnings, extremely low unit costs, and a continuation of industry leading an industry-leading track record over the last five years for returning value to shareholders. We're going to talk about all these things on today's call. With me today are most of the members of the Kirkland Lake Senior Executive Team. Speaking today will be Tony McCooch, our President and CEO, David Soros, our Chief Financial Officer, Natasha Vaz, our Chief Operating Officer, Ian Hahn, our Vice President, Australian Operations, Larry Lizecki, our, our Vice President, Detroit Lake, um, and Evan Pelche, our Vice President of Mining, Kirkland Lake, as well as Eric Calio, our Senior Vice President of Exploration. Slides accompanying today's presentation are available on our website and through the webcast. Following the presentation, we'll open up the call for uh, questions and answers. I will draw your attention to slides two and three of the, of the presentation, which contains our forward-looking information and other cautionary language. We will be making forward-looking statements in today's call, so I ask you to give that information due consideration. We will also be referring to non-IFRS measures during the course of the call, reconciliations, involving those measures is provided starting on page 37 of the MDNA we filed late yesterday. Finally, all dollar amounts uh, mentioned today will be in U.S. dollars unless otherwise stated. Uh, with that, I'll turn the call over to Tony McCooch, President and CEO. Okay, thanks Mark and uh, thanks everybody for being on the call. It's not necessarily our, our last quarterly call because uh, we'll just have a different name maybe when we're talking to you future quarters, but, you know, we, we have had lots of significant, lots of success at, 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 at Kirkland Lake Gold over the last few years, and definitely a very, very strong uh, Q3, uh, and, and, you know, go through the results, and you can see it's lot, lot, lots, lots of well performance in a number of areas, particularly, you know, Fosterville Lab in Australia, where at the end of three quarters already achieved full-year guidance, and, you know, it continues to, to and it's not just great, it's, it's tons of great coming out of, uh, out of Fosterville, plus, you know, very high levels of safety performance and 
operational performance and high, high attention to detail in terms of uh, the kind of social issues there. We're doing a very great job in terms of the environmental cleanup that's going on up in the Northern Territory in Australia, and a real tribute to, 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 the, to the leadership of all the people, uh, the, whole, the whole number, the whole people that are working for us in Australia do an exceptionally good job and really need to thank them for what they do. And then over in Canada, we have a significant success, a significant success in, 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 in Q3, and you know, again, Detroit is going to have a very exceptional record in Q3, but we have a very exceptional Q4 as well. And again, uh, the, you know, demonstration of strong leadership in the company, uh, great from uh, you know from corporate, great down through the operations, and fundamentally the people driving the trucks, the people doing the work at Macasa and at, at, at Detour, really making a big difference. And again, uh, you know, we really thank them for, for, for what they what they work on to achieve in the quarter. And, and as I say, we're looking at a very strong Q4 as well as to finish off the year. Anyway, I'll start on slide four here, and then uh, you know, just just uh, you know, just highlight a few things. We did have our recent announcement of an agreement to combine the merger vehicles with the Eagle Eagle Mines. Uh, from our perspective, this is a very exciting development for our company, and you know, believe and, and, and our shareholders. And uh, you know, and the big thing is for this merger creates a new leader in the global gold mining uh, industry, and you know, we create a gold mining company that can definitely be a leader in, in terms of. Transforming the not only transforming the industry but also transforming and changing the perception of our industry as we move forward. Moving to slide five, uh, you know, maybe you know, give some of the highlights of of of, of, of our merger with Agnico. But you know, basically, we're creating the highest quality senior gold producer with the lowest unit cost, best risk profile. You know, leading in key areas of ESG and an extensive project pipeline to drive future growth. The combined companies have significant, very strong financial strength and an extensive pipeline of projects to, 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 and, and combined with a strong uh, balance sheet, good to solid operations that are performing well and, and profitable, we definitely see the opportunity to fund future growth internally. Merger will bring consolidation, a big thing, consolidation has to be the region of northeastern Ontario, northwestern Quebec, provide significant value creation and opportunity through synergies. And then, you know, we see some other business improvement initiatives. And, you know, I think that one of the biggest things from, from our perspective is the development of the new uh, Upper Beaver and the amalgamated Kirkland Coffee, sort of amalgamating that into the, into the McCass operations in Kirkland Lake. And that's a significant benefit to Northeastern Ontario and definitely for the shareholders of the, of the new Eagle Eagle. And, you know, we see the new Eagle Eagle, you know, definitely being, you know, we, we, we got to demonstrate it, but, we, you know, we'll warrant a premium valuation. And, and, and fundamentally, you know, what, what will drive that? I mean, combination of increased scale, low cost, and low risk operations, but I think fundamentally superior financial performance and, and, and continued strong balance sheet strength and good execution of operating of, of results will be, will, be, will be key to driving that value, that, that more premium valuation. And, you know, we see it as a right deal for our company and our people at the time, and as well as our shareholders, communities, and all the stakeholders. Groups in the that, that, that we deal with. Maybe uh, I'll move over to slide number six and start so talking about a quarter, third quarter results. Slide six here is really, you know, because you, you've been focusing here and maybe give it a quick update on our responsible mining efforts. Uh, for us, responsible mining is integral to everything we do and is ingrained in our culture. All of our Canadian operations participated in the first national day of our tooth and reconciliation with learning seminars for all employees. Supporting and, and, you know, 
and we used to do things to support local indigenous companies through orange share programs and painting one of our 795 trucks that need to orange. Additionally, all truck bins were painted green to support mental health awareness with seminars and employee training programs that are being held in both Canada and Australia. In Minimo, Australia, we committed $600,000 to the COVID Wellness Center and Cancer Wellness Program to assist with the sustainability of the program and expanding wellness services and improving access for regional patients. Building on our leadership in minimizing and reducing carpet emissions, we took additional steps in Q3 2021 to achieve further reductions, including testing and building an energy storage system from entirely recycled components, including the battery case and battery from our Z40s. Turning to our financial and operating results in slide seven, as mentioned, Q3 2021 was a quarter of substantial progress. The main highlights are, you know, as Mark alluded to some at the beginning, but record quarterly earnings, solid year-over-year production growth, unit costs significantly better than full-year guidance, and strong cash flow generation. A record performance was driven by strong operating results, including quarterly production, throughput, and all sustaining costs at Deepwater Lake. Q3 was a tremendous quarter for Deepwater Lake production, with 189,000 ounces. That beat the previous record of 166,000 ounces in Q2 of this year by 23,000 ounces, or 14%. And, and, and as I said, uh, you know, we're on track for, for an, an, a, new, a new record in Q, in Q4 this year. Possible also had a, a, a very strong quarter and a strong uh, contributed to our record results. You know, and, and it was a combination of great outperformance as well as, 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 as high, higher levels of throughput to the mill. So the operation being been very successful in terms of moving forward at Fosterville. And, you know, and, and the, 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 the drift, you know, driving our, uh, you know, having, achieving record uh, production performance is also a help in terms of our unit costs. And in our unit costs in, Q2, in Q3D, our four-year guidance ranges. We are also being impacted by, we, we are being impacted by the exchange rates and inflationary pressures in certain areas, but our operations are doing very, very well in managing these costs, and we're in very good shape, shape to meet our, our guidance for the year. In terms of cash flow, we had operating cash flow of 323 million and free cash flow of 141 million. David Soros will give a little more color on those areas. Turning to slide eight, we continue to have a very strong balance sheet with cash at September 30th of 822 million. Again, a very clean balance sheet, no debt. We also continue on our very successful track record returning capital to shareholders. During Q3, we returned $175.3 million. $50 billion through a, a Q2 dividend paid on July 14th, and $125.3 million for the repurchase of 3.1 million shares through our NCIB. Turning to slide nine, a significant component of our successful track record with capital allocation was investing capital for future value creation. We released encouraging expiration results that all three of our cornerstone assets remain on track with our key growth projects. Eric Kelly will give a little bit more, more in color on that, but you know, maybe I'll just talk a few things here. That, you know, the, you know, the, the expiration, a lot of success in the expiration program at Detour. Uh, you know, when we announced, and, and you know, in early September, we announced the, the 10.1 million ounce increase in open debt measured in indicated resources at, at Detour Lake. This tripled the open debt MI resources. And, uh, uh, you know, it was it, it, at, at Detour, and we, we see it as was, was definitely a milestone in terms of uh, being able to support strong growth in mineral reserves in, in the future. And that's going to come up next year as, as we complete our studies this year. And then earlier this week, we announced additional new drill results. And, you know, I think with the these continue to 
spite of the fact that you know the 10 million ounce increase in resources is, is, is not the end of it all. We you know we still see the potential to, to continue to grow the resource at deeper before the end of this year, and then it really supports what we where 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 we what, what we give in terms of our view and the view we we, we put out of detour. Uh, when we, when we uh, acquired it back in, and when we made the acquisition and announced it back in 2019. You know, um, you know, besides the exploration success at Detroit, you know, we are making very good progress with a lot of other uh, projects at, at the mine in terms of value creation and, and optimizing the operation. And that included, you know, increasing the throughput in the mill, uh, actually the, the mill in, in, in uh, July and August of, of Q3 actually was Running at a rate that you know almost 28 million tons per year. We we had uh, significant improvements in grade management at Detour, and and you know we have a lot of other infrastructure that we, we're we're installing at Detour that really help in terms of build 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 the operation for the long term and really support future future improvements both in, in operating performance but also in the safety and and uh, care and consideration. At Macassa, the number four chapter means they had a schedule on track for completion later this year. We also had, well, sorry, that, that, that's, I should say, completion of the sinking later this year, the actual, you know, the, the actual uh, installation of loading pockets and, and, and getting the, that ore, ore, ore handling system and the changeover from a sinking plant to a, to a, a production plant will be, will, be, will be started and we expect that shaft to come into full production or be ready for, for production. In the Q3, in Q4 of 2022, we also had a significant exploration success at Macassa, expanding the cell line complex and identifying new areas of high grade minimalization on both the amalgamated and main breaks. And looking at Bossville, we did come up with some very new uh, and interesting exploration results. They were released at the end of, uh, of August, and you know, and I guess what it what, what it tells you is there's potential for continued uh, uh, discovery of new high grade intercepts and. And our goal at Fosterville is to demonstrate a, an operation of 300 to 425,000 ounces a year on an annual basis for you know seven to ten years in production. So I think we're we're definitely we got lots of work to do, but we definitely feel confident that we'll be able to achieve that and demonstrate that to shareholders. Now moving on to slide 10, this look at our year-to-date results. We had a solid year-to-date operating and versus our full-year guidance. Production with just under 1.1 million ounces, a 5% increase from year-to-date 2020. We achieved a very solid unit cost performance, record earnings, and strong cash flow generation. You can also see that on the slide that so far this year we have repurchased 4.5 million shares for close to $184 million. We returned 300, about $334 million to shareholders, which represents $1.28 per share and $317 per ounce produced in year-to-date 2021. Now on slide 11, let's look a bit closer at a track record of returning capital to shareholders. If, if, you know, we have now returned a total of $1.36 billion to shareholders since we first introduced our NCIB in May 2017 and our dividend policy in March 2017. Of this amount, one, 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 well, just over a billion was used to refer to 31.5 million common shares and 315 million was used to make 17 quarterly dividend payments. Those dividend payments have increased seven times since we began issuing them in 2017. In addition, since mid-2016, we have eliminated 190, 
over $190 million of debt. This includes paying $98 million of debt held by the Jewel Corporation shortly after it was acquired in January 31, 2020. $30 million was also used to close out Deitra's gold hedge position. We earned a very good, good return on that $30 million given the changes in gold and commodity prices and FX rates that followed in, in 2020 and in 2021. We also repurchased a, a, a 1% NSR at McCaskill from Franklin, Nevada in 2016 for, for almost, almost, almost $30, $36 million. Adding it all up in anger, we, we have provided $1.6 billion, billion of value to shareholders since mid-2016. And we've done all this while also building the industry's strongest and cleanest balance sheets. Looking at slide 12, it shows our performance against guidance. As you can see, we are very well positioned to achieve our guidance entry in the last quarter of the year. We are tar targeting the top of end of our guide production guidance and on track to achieve our operating cash cost per ounce guidance. We are doing very well in terms of all sustaining cost per ounce sold at, at $785 our year to date. Uh, all sustaining cost is better than our guidance. We definitely expect to meet potentially beat our all sustaining cost guidance for the year, and, and that's in spite of uh, you know inflationary pressures related to fuel and power uh, energy costs. And you know, and 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 the, the change in the in the FX rates would have an impact. Looking at our expenditures, if you take sustaining and growth capital expenditures together, total capex guidance is 530 to 585 million dollars for the year, and we are tracking to be in line with that range. Also, also expiration spending should be at the low end of our guidance of 170 to 190 million dollars for the year, and that you know, that the the, the lower end of, of achieving the. Uh, Expiration guidance may be a function of lack of, uh, you know, we can get access to drills, we can get access to, uh, to, 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 to a, lot of, a lot of equipment to do the work, but we can't get people to man the drills, and that's that's been a challenge, and I think a challenge for our industry going into 2022. Anyway, with that, I'll turn the call over to David Soros of CFO. Thank you, Tony, and good morning, everyone. I'll start on uh, slide 13. In Q3 2021, we achieved record net earnings of $254.9 million, or $0.96 cents per share. This represents a 26% increase from $202 million in Q3 2020 and 4% increase from $244.2 million from the previous quarter. The increase from both prior, year, prior quarter and prior year resulted mainly from higher revenues. Adjusted net earnings totaled $241.3 million, or $0.91 cents per share. The main difference between adjusted net earnings per share of $0.91 cents and net earnings per share of $0.96 cents in Q3 2021 was mainly related to the exclusion of $15.6 million net tax recoveries resulting from the optimization of discretionary deductions for Ontario mining tax on filing the uh, 2020 tax returns. Foreign exchange gains, costs attributed to non-operating assets mainly in Northern Territory, system implementation costs, as well as COVID-19-related costs. Turning to slide 14, in Q3 2021, revenue totaled $667 million. The change from Q2 2021 is mainly driven by an 8,000-ounce uh, increase in sales volume, which is partially offset by lower realized gold price in the quarter. Compared with Q3 2020, revenue increased by $34 million, or 5%, year-over-year mainly due to a higher gold sales volume, which increased from 332,000 ounces in Q3 2020 to 372.1,000 ounces in Q3 2021, with 
with the increase largely reflecting record gold production at Detour Lake and strong production at Fosterville, partly offset by unfavorable impacts from the lower average gold price. Moving to the next slide and looking at uh, EBITDA on slide uh, 15. Q3 2021 EBITDA total of $451.6 which was comparable to Q2 EBITDA of $451.3 million. Compared with the same period in 2020, EBITDA increased by $67 million, mainly as a result of higher revenues. Looking at, at income taxes, our Q3 2021 net earnings benefited from a lower effective tax rate of 25.3% versus 31.6% in Q3 2020, mainly as a result of the $15.6 million net tax recovery related to the optimization of the eligible tax deductions for Ontario mining tax uh, following a restructuring of the company's Canadian entities early in 2021. Moving on to slide 16, um, we look at uh, the Q3 cash flows. You can see that the largest contributor to growth in cash was from our operations, which generated about $396 million of cash. This is before income tax paid of $78 million, growth capital investment of $88.5 million, and exploration spending of $39.4 million in the quarter. Other cash outflows include the costs incurred at our non-operating sites, mainly the VNT and Hope complex of $15 million, and corporate g of $14.3 million. During the quarter, $175.3 million was returned to shareholders, including $125.3 million used to repurchase shares through the company's NCIB and $50 million of dividend payments. Turning to slide 17 to look at our cash balance and cash flow on a year-to-date basis, we generated nearly $1.1 billion of cash flows from our mining operations after sustaining capital. We paid $298 million of income taxes. We invested in our key assets, incurring $217 million in growth capital and $128 million in exploration expenditures. We would have accumulated any cash balance of nearly $1.2 billion before returning $334 million of capital to shareholders, comprising of $184 million used to repurchase shares and $150 in dividends paid on a year-to-date basis ending the quarter with $822.4 million in cash. Next, I'll turn it over to our CEO, Natasha Bass, to discuss our operating results. Thank you, David, and good morning, everyone. I'm on slide 18, which outlines our consolidated production results for the quarter and year-to-date. So overall, as Tony mentioned earlier, we achieved solid operating results in the quarter, with production just over 370,000 ounces, compared to 339,584 ounces in Q3 2020, and a quarterly record production of 379,195 ounces the previous quarter. Our operating cash cost per ounce sold was $438 an ounce, which is well below our full year guidance. And then as for our ASIC per ounce sold, it was also very strong at $740 an ounce. This is a 16% improvement from Q3 2020 and 5% better than the previous quarter. Um, the $740 an ounce also compares very favorably to our full year guidance range of $790 to $810 an ounce. So then when we look at our year-to-date operating results, they too are very strong. Year-to-date production total 1.05 million ounces, uh, which is a 5% increase from year-to-date 2020. 
Our operating cash cost per ounce sold was $466 an ounce compared to $407 in year to date 2020. And finally, our ASIC per ounce sold was $785 um, an ounce versus 804 in year to date uh, 2020. So, so with that, um, we'll now get into a little more detail on the operations. And I'll turn the call over to Ian Hahn, our Vice President of Australian Operations, to provide an update on Fosterville. Thanks, Natasha. I'll start with Fosterville on slide 19. As you have heard, Fosterville had a very strong Q3. Fosterville produced 135,000 ounces in Q3 2021, uh, based on processing just over 180,000 tonnes at an average grade of 23.6 grams a tonne and average mill recoveries of 98.7%. Production in Q3 2021 exceeded expected levels, mainly due to continued grade outperformance in the swamp zone. For the year to date, we produced 401.4 thousand ounces, significantly higher than target levels, largely reflecting grade outperformance in the multiple swan zone states during the year to date as well as some changes to sequencing uh, in, involving moving high-grade states from Q4 into Q2 earlier in the year. Production year-to-date 2021 compared to production of 476,000 ounces for year-to-date 2020. The reduction reflecting a lower average grade consistent with our previously stated plan to reduce production with the intention of creating a more sustainable operation while we continue our extensive exploration programs. Partially offsetting the impact of a planned reduction in the average grade was a 28% increase in tonnes processed to just under 525,000 tonnes year-to-date 2021. Turning to costs, again, we achieved a very strong performance for both Q3 and year-to-date. For Q3, we had operating cash costs of $170 an ounce and oil and sustaining costs of $337 an ounce. For the year-to-date, operating cash costs averaged $184 an ounce, with all sustaining costs of $367 an ounce. I'll now turn the call over to Larry Lezecki, General Manager and Vice President of D2 Lake Mine. Thanks, Ian. We'll start on slide 20. As Tony mentioned earlier, quarter three was an outstanding quarter for D2 Lake. We achieved record quarterly production in, in Q3 of 189,000 ounces based on processing 6.2 million tonnes at an average grade of 1.04 grams per tonne and average recoveries of 91.6%. This is an increase of 35% from uh, Q3 2020 and an increase of 14% from the previous quarterly record of 166,000 ounces in Q2. The quarter-over-quarter increase was largely due to a 5% increase in tonnes processed as well as an 8% improvement in the average grade. Mining during the quarter focused largely on high-grade areas as part of the Phase 2 mining plan. For year-to-date 2021, we produced 501.8 thousand ounces, which is 38% higher than the eight months after the acquisition last year, and a 22% increase from the full nine months of year-to-date 2020. Looking at our operating cash costs, averaged $601 in Q3 and $647 per ounce for the year to date. Very importantly, the mine achieved record all-in sustaining costs of $937 per ounce sold. Our strong cost performance was achieved despite some inflationary pressures we've seen on diesel, fuel, and energy 
and in a few other areas. We continue to work on mitigating the impact of those cost pressures. Catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best kept secret and visit azstateparks.com slash amazing to start your springtime adventure. Moving to slide 21, as Tony mentioned earlier, we have a significant number of projects on the go at Detour Lake. Our growth capital expenditures at Detour for the first nine months of the year totaled $137 million. Of that amount, $66 million was for deferred stripping, and $70 million was for the procurement of mobile equipment and projects involving tailings management area, process plants, as well as construction of a new assay lab and airfield. With that, I'll turn the call over to Evan Pelche, Vice President, Mining, Kirkland Lake. Thanks, Larry. I'm starting on slide 22. Production at Macasa in Q3 totaled 46,000 ounces at an operating operating cash cost of 657 and an all-in sustaining cost of 859. The increase in production from Q3 2020 mainly reflected a higher average grade in Q3 2021 compared to the same period a year earlier. The reduction in production from Q2 2021 reflected lower tons processed due to largely to higher levels of underground maintenance and reduced equipment availability, as well as the impact of the lower than planned average grade due to mainly to, due mainly to mining uh, sequencing. Looking at year-to-date production at Macasa totaled 148,854 ounces based on processing 243,615 tons and at an average grade of 19.4 grams per ton and average recoveries of 98%. Production year-to-date is lower than planned, with the underperformance being due largely to reduced equipment availability caused by increased maintenance requirements, poor battery performance, and delay in receiving new batteries. Moving to slide 23, where we are doing very well at Macasa is advancing our key projects, mainly the four shaft, as well as with exploration, which I know Eric talked about in last quarter's call. Looking at four shafts during Q3 2021, the shaft advanced approximately 500 feet and had reached a depth of 6,100 feet as of September 30th, 2021, with development of the 6,100 level station also being completed. We also have made good progress with other projects such as our ventilation expansion involving completing of the two vent raises. With that, I'll turn the call back to Natasha Vaz. So to wrap up the operating review, I'll look at the outlook for the full year. I'm on slide 24. Um, on a consolidated basis, Tony has already touched on it, and as he mentioned, we are on track to achieve the top of our production guidance of 1.3 to 1.4 million ounces. Operating cash cost per ounce is on track to achieve guidance, and we are positioned to either meet or, or potentially even beat all, uh, our all-in sustaining cost per ounce guidance. Okay, so just looking at the individual operations, Fosterville achieved its full-year guidance in the first nine months of the year. Um, so we're now expecting Fosterville to produce around 500,000 ounces for the year or, or higher. Also, with respect to operating cash cost per ounce, we should easily beat the guidance range of $230 to $250 an ounce. Over at Detour, 
We're targeting another record quarter in Q4 with production to exceed uh, the Q3 level of 189,000 ounces. So we now expect production for the year of at least 700,000 ounces with operating cash costs at the top end of our guidance range or slightly higher. And then over at Picasso, we are already seeing uh, improved results in Q4. Having said that, um, we're not expected to achieve our guidance with production now planning to be within uh, 190 and, and 210,000 ounces at operating cash costs above the guidance range. With that, I'll turn the call over to Eric Calio, our Senior Vice President of Outcome Exploration. Okay, hey, thanks, Natasha. Good morning, everyone. Our first slide today is number 25 from the Detour Lake Project, where we continue to have tremendous success with both drilling and advancement of the resource, with the peak product being an updated resource and a substantial increase in ounces from our latest CRM. Here, information from the estimates shown on the current slide, which is a long section looking northwards across the project area, containing pit shells from both the new and the older work. As indicated, the updated resource is added approximately 10.1 million ounces to overall total and bringing the new total to about 14.7 million ounces, exclusive of reserves, which at year end were about 15 million. All this material lies in a fish shell, which is measuring about four kilometers long and extending to about a maximum depth of 600 meters from surface, with all reserves located at the top and shaded in the dark green, and all the resources lying below as shaded in yellow and lighter green, which is essentially covering the whole battle and westward areas the main focus of our recent drilling. Important to note that all this increase was accomplished with only about 180,000 meters of drilling, or two-thirds of the planned 270,000 meter program started last year. And the limits of the pit are really close to the limits of drilling, and we are still seeing good holes at those limits. So now turning to my next slide, number 26, what we see here is another image from Detour illustrating additional details uh, from the resource model along with new growth results released just two days ago and already demonstrating additional upside potential here. As announced, the new results include an additional 39 holes and six wedge holes targeting mainly towards the west pit and uh, in our view containing a lot of very good positive messages uh, including reinforcement of our overall geological model of westward plunging shoots it's a very positive uh, drill intercepts. Some of the key holes <coughs> to note from the building include a cluster. For my view, with the cluster holes on the west side of the current pit shell, where there was very limited uh, drilling in the past, and now containing some wide, wider and higher grade intercepts, as well as hole number 300, which you see more in the central part of the west pit, which is actually drilled under the north wall of the pit, and also having good intercepts. The other good hole I'd like to point out is number hole 295, located in the eastern part of the cell, which intersected 20 grams over 25 meters, so just in the immediate west wall of the main pit. So considering all above and the fact that we still have 11, 12 drills on site, continuing the program, and uh, uh, we, we actually uh, are feeling very confident about the project and our possibilities to add even more ounces by the time we need to the next update. Now turning to my next slide, which is number 27, we see the first of four slides running the positive bill, and where we also saw some very good success in Q3, including multiple high-grade intercepts for both the Lower Phoenix and Robin Hill areas. In terms of the slide at hand, what we see is long section across the mine area that's showing the location of these two main targets, as well as some details for our 21 
restoration program. Indicated the lower phoenix is on the left-hand slide has two main targets, including the swan and signet, and most of the work at this time being focused on the swan and down plunge extension of mineralization from current reserves. For the signet, the signet is the second zone located 100 meters in the foot wall, and uh, it's also an important target here. Um, it's important to note is that until the early part of this year, most of the work at Swan was, was not freely available to us, but only became more available when a new drill was finished in June. And now we have five drills at this location and uh, able to do a lot of drilling in this area. Additional to this, we also now have a lot of drilling happening at, at Robin Tail. And as with the Swan area, the main target is down plunge from the reserve. Most of the work to date is, has been done from surface, but as you can see, we are still continuing to advance the underground deep line and getting very close to be able to start drilling from underground. Turning to my next slide, what we can see is some additional details for the work that's happening uh, at the Swan Zone in the Lower Phoenix area. And uh, key things to note here would be uh, we're starting to get a large number of holes. 109 holes were actually released in early in the last press release here. Uh, and uh, the, all these holes are showing a fairly consistent trend down plunge from the reserve. We're also seeing the very high grade intercepts right near the limit of the reserve, including uh, 51.7 grams over 2.6 meters, 12.8 over 4.6, 9.6 over 6.4. So, and uh, in addition to that, what we've seen is high grade intercepts within within the trend, 14.1. <coughs> Over 7.5, 10 over 10.4, 13.2 over 3.2. So, in our view, offering additional potential for high-grade lenses within the overall trend. So, turning to my next slide, this is just showing a little bit more detail for the drilling which is happening in the signet area. And uh, as indicated, as uh, uh, with the, the Swan drilling. We've got quite a few new, more, new holes located within this area now, and uh, from the new drilling, seeing a lot of new high-grade intercepts, some of the key ones being 258 grams over 1.8, 142 or 2 meters, and 494.4.1. Key part of this drilling, though, has been not only the high-grade results, but identification, I think, of parallel blades coming from the main from, from the main structure which we identified in the past, but the key was being the pen and the targeting. And these are defined, these are shown on the left hand side side of the slide. And as you can see, these are more directly aligned with the swan and containing some of the higher grade intercepts. So very important developments, I think. Turn to my next slide, which is from the Robins Hill area. As you can see here, we're also starting to get quite a few drill intercepts, and now uh, holes extending down to about a thousand meters down plunge. And uh, this, and, and as announced in our last press release, seeing some very favorable results right near the limiters of, of the trend, near the 1,000 meter level, very close to the elevation where Swan started to look better. We're seeing holes that have quartz visible gold and numbers which are much higher grade than the average that we saw at higher elevations. 28 grams over 1.1, 23 over 1.4, and 19 over 3.4. As with Swan, we also see 
some very high weight numbers within the trend, such as 81 grams over two and a half meters, which again suggests the possibility of high grade lenses. So all in all, we believe that the work at Osterville uh, come along very well, and a lot of possibilities for not only replacing ounces, but coming up with new high grade material. And now I'll point the pass over to Tony. Okay, thanks Eric. And uh, I'm turning now to slide 31. I'll find the slides on deck. You know, and then and uh, to conclude, you know, as 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 you can see, we had an excellent quarter in Q3 2021. You know, and, and and you know, we talked besides operating results, we also had a highlight the quarter in terms of the merger announcement with Technique Eagle, which which will create a new leader in the gold mining industry. And again, as we talked about, lowest costs, highest margin, best jurisdictions, and an extensive pipeline and development exploration projects to drive sustainable low risk growth. And you know, with a very, very strong balance sheet and, 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 and strong you know, cor corporate which depth of people to, to, to create that value for shareholders. Q3 was a record quarter, both earnings and earnings per share for Perkins and Gold. You know, and, and as outlined, Nature Lake had a truly outstanding quarter, record earnings throughput and all its sustaining costs, possible continued outperformance, we can continue to outperform. And the nutshell number four project at Macassar remains on track for completion in late 2022, and that'll really help in terms of that. And combined with that, plus the, the new ventilation system at, at Macassar, plus you know the, the new fleet of equipment as, as we move into 2023, will really transform Macassar into a whole new mine. Eric outlined our success. It's a drill bit that continues to be part of all of our uh, value creation, and you know you can see we're doing that in each one of our assets, each one of our mines. And looking ahead, as, as Natasha gave some uh, color to, we're on track to finish 2021 strong and achieve all of our 2021 guidance. We're also looking forward to moving into 2022 as part of a part, part of a new uh, world-leading great, uh, great gold mining company, and it's one that's well positioned to generate superior long-term value for shareholders. But you know, before I finish, you know, I you know I want to say it's November 4th, and yeah, we're you know as we talked about, we, you know. We are having a strong production success coming into Q4, but we are also at the start of the fall Christmas season. Uh, during a period of time, maybe that everyone within Kirkland Gold, our suppliers, contractors, those on the call, please remain diligent for your own personal safety and the safety of others at, at the end of the year. You know, uh, we, we don't really want anybody to get hurt. You know, no ounce of gold produced, no, no dollar in cash flow, no penny in, in earnings is more important than your personal safety. And personal safety of the people you work with. Everybody should end, end, end the year here uh, being able to be with your families over the Christmas season. Anyway, with that, uh, we have to take some uh, questions. And thanks. As a reminder, if you'd like to ask a question, please press star then one on your telephone keypad. And our first question is from Tyler Langdon with JP Morgan. Your line is open. Good morning. Thanks for taking my questions. Um, you know, maybe just to start, you know, can you talk about you know, the, sort of the levels of cost inflation you know, that, that you're seeing right now and, you know, sort of what you're seeing in, you know, areas for, you know, materials and labor and fuel. Uh, and then just kind of, you know, talk a little bit about your expectations, um, you know, heading into 2022. So the, the first part, I, I just sort of missed a little bit of the first part of the question, but it was you asked about the, what we're seeing in terms of labor uh, inflation as well. Is that correct? Yeah, cost. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, just uh, you know the cost inflation you're seeing now, you know, and just you know from whether it's from 
materials, consumables, labor, fuel, just kind of serve the different buckets. Yeah, well, I mean, I mean we don't see anything uh, un, un, undue in labor. I mean, labor is, you know, follows tracks that we normally, normally see year over year in terms of, of, of uh, net labor, co- uh, labor cost, but, you know, again, uh, part, part of it all is, Part, part of it all is, uh, you know, as we train and develop people, as people, uh, you know, earn more, they become more productive and, and, and create more value. So a lot of that gets offset. So, and so, so people earn, earn, earn the pay that they get, the increase in pay. And, you know, it's always money well, well spent in those areas. We're happy to do it. In terms of commodity prices, I mean, you know, I think some of the big areas, and, uh, you know, you can get to Dasher and, and Ian and, and, and uh, Larry to give a little more color, but some of the big areas that, that we talked about is, you know, our forecast where diesel was at the beginning of the year to where diesel prices have gone, some energy prices have costs, where, where we see that, and a few other commodities. Definitely the FX rates have had some impact on us, but as you can see, our operations have been able to really weather, weather that and, 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 and perform well. And probably would have, we would have, if, if, if commodity prices would have stayed the same, uh, uh, we probably would have been at a significant beat in our uh, in our cost items. But I don't Natasha, you got any color there? Hi Tyler, in Q3 2021, uh, yeah, we have seen some inflationary cost pressures, as, as Tony mentioned, um, mainly uh, in diesel and electricity and, and things like grinding media. Um, it, it has mainly impacted us at Detour. Um, there have been some supply chain issues, as, as Evan mentioned, uh, particularly with batteries and battery powered equipment. But, you know, through effective cost management and, and higher than planned gold sales, we're actually at, at Fosterville. Our operating cash cost rounds and also our ASIC um, uh, sold in Q3 2021 were significantly better than the full year uh, 2021 guidance range, right? Um, and then, so looking forward into, into 2022, we expect um, inflationary pressures for energy and consumables to continue. And, and while difficult to predict, I guess, we can uh, safely say that we're, we're focusing on, on uh, working to mitigate that and, and focusing on cost management. Great. And just as a as a final question, at Mikasa, you kind of you mentioned you know, some of the issues that impacted production in Q3, and you said they were getting you're seeing improvement now in Q4. I mean, should these issues largely be resolved in Q4, or could they sort of slip into Q1 of next year? Sure. Well, yeah. So the underperformance we've seen at Mikasa is, is again mainly related to uh, equipment availability caused by caused by increased maintenance requirements and. Also, poor battery performance and delays in receiving the new batteries. So, the, the battery truck industry is relatively new, as you know, and, and with demand soaring, we are seeing tightness in the market as well as some issues with, with quality. Um, so, the battery life we're getting at, at our mobile equipment is down in some cases to, to six months instead of years. Um, we are seeing some better results in Q4 um, so far, so it is encouraging. Um, we are working with our, our suppliers hand-in-hand uh, hand to, to try and resolve these issues uh, as soon as possible so it doesn't impact us uh, as much going into future quarters. Yeah, you know, if you went back a few years ago, we, we, McCass was the leader in battery uh, technology, battery equipment, I saw it underground. We were really the only, only, only uh, consumer of, of batteries. And, and, and so we were, we, were, we, were, we were getting the quality and, 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 and timely delivery and, and effectiveness of, of them. But now as the industry is picking up uh, and, and more of the industry is asking for this equipment, uh, the, supply, the supply industry is not able to match. And, and all of a sudden now that you know, you're seeing, it, 
drop in quality as well as uh, you know the timing and delivery and even even availability uh, is, is exceeding. We need to wait for the supply industry to catch up. And we're going to be working on we're working on a number of initiatives to, to support that. Great, that's it for me. Thanks. Our next question is from Oveas Habib with Scotiabank. Your line is open. Thanks, operator. Hi, Tony and uh, Crystal Lake team, and uh, congrats on a strong quarter. Um, and uh, really, thanks for taking my questions. A um, couple of questions for me, and I apologize in advance if you've already touched upon these. Uh, several companies have reported uh, updates this morning, and I'm trying to multitask as best as I can. Uh, so my first question uh, is regards to Fosterville. Now, obviously, Fosterville had a fantastic year. Q3 production beat as uh, Fosterville kind of continues to uh, on, the, on the grade out performance. Uh, you have made changes to the mine sequencing, essentially bringing higher grade forward. But at the same time, you've seen some seem to be getting some significant positive grade, uh, grade reconciliation as well. Are you expecting this to continue into 2022? And are you modeling this positive uh, grade reconciliation in, uh, in Q4? How about that, Ian? Uh, you, uh, you probably could uh, have a real good answer to these questions. Is that, is that fair? Yeah, sure, Tony. Uh, it's a good question. So uh, the the great outperformance uh, so far we've seen this year has really only come from um, th uh, three three states mainly, and and those three states uh, account for you know, essentially about 60,000 ounces of the overperformance so far this year. So uh, we, we don't we don't see um, you know the, the broad range of, of states in Swan are modelled really well and reconciled really well. Uh, we, we do have the odd really really extreme grade areas that are really difficult to model. To, to be honest, uh, and, and it takes very small variation in physical size of vein to add significant answers um, in, in, into the equation for the state. So uh, do we see it continuing? Um, we have seen a little bit of our performance already in Q4, uh, uh, but, but having said that, uh, over the year, we're really only talking about you know, three main states. As, as for the sequencing changes, um, you know, driven by mine sequencing at, at the start of the year, so that these decisions were made in Q1 leading into Q2, um, you know, some, some, it had the effect of dragging some higher grade states from Q4 into Q2 as, as compared to the original plan. Um, but, but really, the, 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 main, the main contributor for the year has been those, those sort of three states that outperformed significantly. Does that answer the question? Uh, yes, it does. Uh, and, and, and just to kind of follow up on that, uh, you know, are you looking to kind of tighten up drilling or do some you know additional grade control ring to kind of tighten up that model or is this positive reconciliation you're just taking it as it comes uh, yeah good question uh, the 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 drilling that we'd, we'd need to be able to really pinpoint the very what, what are really very small physical changes in, in vein width and or gradation um, you know we'll, we'll be talking about you know five by five sort of drilling so so we don't intend to do that. Uh, and we understand the geological setting where these types of, of really extreme outperformances can occur and, and, and we'll be looking to try and um, model that as best we can going forward. But uh, I'll, I'll reiterate, I'll reiterate the, the vast majority of, this, of the SWAN reconciles really well to, to model. Uh, it's, it's just the odd state 
uh, where we tend to have a bit of a football splay to it. Uh, that um, that's we understand the geological setting where these types of of really extreme outperformances can occur, and 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 we'll be looking to try and um, model that as best we can going forward. But uh, I'll, I'll reiterate, I'll reiterate the the vast majority of this of the swan reconciles really well to to model. Uh, it's it's just the odd stope uh, where we tend to have a bit of a football splay to it uh, that um, that significantly outperforms. Oh, but, but again, with that, though, you're still are expecting a pretty solid uh, 2022 coming into right? okay. uh, Certainly, certainly, Tony. Yep, yep. We uh, we we see we see 2022 um, um, still being a very strong year for possible. Perfect. That's uh, that's great, Ian. And um, uh, and just uh, shifting gears to Vitor. Um, it was great to see throughput moving higher in Q3 uh, to 67,000 tons per day, and, and to yeah, and and really to meet the target of that 24.5 million tons uh, for the year, you need to kind of process around that 70 to 73,000 tons per day in Q4. Now, do you need any additional equipment or any additional to the plant to achieve this, or are you on track? Uh, you know, any color you can provide in in how October is uh, is, is progressing.
our next question is from John Tumazos with John Tumazos Independent Research. Your line is open. Thank you. I know you provided some explanation. I wanted to give you a chance to explain a little more. The tremendous 67,368 tons a day through the mill at Detour. I'm assuming that it wasn't softer rock and that part of it was a significant increase in uptime due to better maintenance practices and infrastructure improvements, and that some of it was due to specific, relatively small capital improvements that don't stand out on the cash flow statement, but obviously had a big impact. Uh, please tell us how you did such a great job. How about Natasha? Yeah, I'll let Larry uh, speak to the details as well. But, but hi, John. Um, so uh, there are some initiatives that we've been working on uh, with respect to drill blast and, and getting higher fragmentation. Uh, we did uh, have, we did see uh, some opportunity where we, we recovered some work within the areas of, of the talc area, so it, it is better material. Um, there's some work being done on the um, on the mill side with respect to the choke feeding and then filling that up. Um, um, Larry, do you want to add any more details associated with that? Yeah, sure. I think Natasha has, has missed most of it there. <clears throat> it's it's uh, um, really focused around uh, optimizing our high-intensity feed, um, high-intensity blast, it said. So uh, we, do, we are producing more fines. And, yes, it is just as hard as it, as it ever has been. But, uh, so we got that, the choke feeding, and, uh, and really just the team putting, working together between the mine and the mill and making sure that the feed is consistent. And uh, um, actually, yeah, on the uptime, um, we, 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 we did have two uh, plant shutdowns in, in, in Q3 uh, with only one in Q4. So, uh, um, so, we, so yeah, uptime was not a factor. You actually had more downtime. Uh, yeah, that's correct. Okay. Yeah. Well, congratulations. Our next question is from Mark Parkin with National Bank Financial. Your line is open. Thanks, guys. Congrats on the good quarter. Uh, it's certainly been the, the focus of the call. But on eTour, um, can you just give us an idea of, like, where you're seeing, you know, what's the bottleneck, you know, currently? Is it more, you know, the mine is hungrier or, you know, it's more uh, on the – on the mining side, is it mine or mill that you're kind of focused on near term in terms of unlocking the next step of throughput upside? Um, Go ahead, Natasha. Sure, sure. So I think uh, the mine is producing uh, in a pretty good rate. The mill is doing the front end is, is doing very well. I would say if we wanted to increase throughput uh, going forward into the future. Um, even further, I would say it would be the back end in terms of the CIT circuit and the bottlenecking that, and that's part of the projects that Larry and his team are working on um, to get established and, and commissioned later uh, next year. Larry, any, any more calls on that? Uh, no, that's good. That's uh, where our focus will be in the, in the first half of next year, for sure, than the back end of the, of the plant. Yeah, and then, but in terms of mine throughput, I mean, if you look at the, the updated mine plan that Andre Letty, the group put up, I mean, 
as, as we progress into 20, into two, next few years, we increase mine throughput. My, my output, we're going to be adding trucks. But to, to support adding trucks, we're going to, you know, we need shops and uh, things on site. So, so there's that. We, we're looking at uh, uh, in new infrastructure uh, in terms of putting a private LTE network, a, a partnership for Rogers Communications to do that, and then and, and retake advantage of technology on site. So a lot of those initiatives that will help in terms of increasing throughput. Plus, as we, you know, as we go into the, the larger pit concept, it gives you more geography to work with and a lot more and more flexibility in terms of that, less delays in terms of equipment moving around, et cetera. So there's, there's a lot of these things that are going to come. And, and, and as, as Natasha and Larry mentioned, in terms of the plant, we're working on the front end uh, to improve throughput through, 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 through the pressures in, into, into the sag mill. And that's part of that is screens and, and the refeed system. And then, on, uh, you know, and then, and then, you know, getting more tons to the mill is, is, is good, but if we, we don't, not at the expense of recovery, and that's where, you know, as Natasha mentioned, we're working on improvements in our expansion of our leach circuit, our CIP circuit, as well as the uh, new gravity circuit, the additional gravity circuit being added to the mill over the next while. All right, thanks for those details. Um, two other things is historically we saw loading rates in terms of what a truck could actually be loaded to versus what it was actually being loaded to. That was kind of a historical issue pre your management time. How has that kind of shifted to, you know, where you're kind of operating today? Are the trucks kind of right in line with maximum capacity? And then historically also there was a fair bit of rehandle. Now that the open pit, you know, continues to mature, are you seeing you know, relative to historical years, the amount of rehandle fall, or is that still kind of something that the West pit really unlocks the potential of showing, you know, significant improvement on that front? Hi, Mark. I can, uh, go ahead, go ahead, Larry. Okay, sorry, I can speak to the uh, truck uh, payloads. Um, it's something actually that's been ongoing for a couple of years now is, is we've looked at uh, the, the bodies that, uh, that we had originally um, with the uh, 795s and uh, looked at the kind of right weighting the, the uh, trays and, and to get uh, a bit of increased payload. So we've always been focused on, on maximizing uh, GVW and, and keeping within a fairly tight range. But, uh, but with these, as we continue to add the uh, truck bodies, um, we're, we've increased payload uh, by you know, almost uh, two, two and a half percent here over the last uh, uh, maybe four quarters or so. So that's, that probably gives you a bit of, uh, you know, and, and, and we ask our uh, shop operators, it's something we monitor very closely, asking to make sure that uh, that we're uh, paying close attention to, to maximizing payloads as well. So. Okay, excellent. And just on the rehandle? Oh, sorry, yeah. Um, Within pit, there's there's very little rehab. Um, we we uh, really focus on establishing uh, you know a, a good haulage and ramp system uh, right off the bat. Um, however, we do still have kind of uh, historic levels of rehandle uh, with ore up on the ROM, um, and that's actually been uh, you know fairly important for us to to achieve these levels of mill throughput. Uh, so we we uh, when uh, we focus on our high intensity blasting in, in the ore zones, uh, we can't do it uh, everywhere. Um, it's only in the areas that are kind of safe uh, with respect to uh, you know minimizing dilution. So um, so we uh, we have to stockpile a fair bit of ore uh, so that we can maintain a consistent blend going through the mill. 
And is that something that if you have West's pit opened up, you can kind of bounce it off by doing ore in one while waste in the other? Or is that not how you guys see it? It'll still be something to like what you're kind of running at now. Yeah, we foresee a rehab of levels to be kind of in line with, with where we are currently. Okay. All right. Uh, that's it for me, guys. Thanks very much, and congrats again. Our next question is from Baha Turek with Credit Suisse. Your line is open. Hi, good morning. Thanks for taking my question. Uh, I'm just trying to get a sense of what will be incorporated into the next year's Life of Mine plan at Detour. Um, so it sounds like, uh, you know, obviously the year-end reserves will be part of that. Earlier in this call, there was something mentioned about potentially debottlenecking the back of the plant. Are those efforts or that optimization, is that going to be factored into the plan as well, or is that just potential further upside? Well, um, you know, in, in terms of the, uh, you know, all the, all these efforts we talk about debottlenecking the plant, that this is all part of the, the, uh, the, the, the you know, what's going into my plant, which is, which is being used to drive value. There's a lot of, a lot of those initiatives I alluded to, it, you know, when, 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 when we, you know, you've got to be increasing the size of truck fleets and then, you know, increase maintenance capability, a lot of other initiatives in terms of, uh, of, um, um, uh, excuse me, uh, like, uh, sort of saying and grade control improvements that we're working on. Natasha mentioned about blasting, uh, improvements. Uh, that's been an initiative for quite some time at, at Detour. But, uh, you know, Natasha, maybe you, you get more. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, everything everything we see tells us that we're headed for a strong growth in, in mineral reserves um, and that we're well on, on the road to transforming Detour into one of the largest and most profitable gold mines. But in terms of what next year's reserve increase will look like, the new mine plan will look like, uh, yes, we'll factor in um, all the um, Improvements that we are we are working on. What Tony mentioned, the CIPT bottlenecking was part of this uh, this uh, past life of mine update as well. Um, so that will all get factored in to get that mill um, running at the higher throughput that we anticipate. Um, but uh, there's still a lot of work to do from a life of mine perspective, and and uh, we'll get through that in early next year. But uh, I mean, on the, in the CIP plant, I mean, if I if, if we could go back, uh, we would build a different style of CIP plant than was there. But we live with what we got, and we, as uh, you know, people that the, 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 the people at the site have done a great job in terms of identifying the areas that can be done for for improving and, and removing any bottlenecks there. So. Okay. Okay. Got it. So it sounds like all of that is being factored in. Okay. Um, okay, and then just switching gears to Fosterville just quickly, uh, you already spoke about grades, but just on throughput, obviously throughput this quarter was quite strong. Uh, I'm just trying to figure out for Q4 because even if I keep throughput even flat or slightly down, you're going to be well ahead of even above 500,000 ounces for the year. So is that throughput level sustainable into Q4? Go ahead, Natasha. Um, yeah, hi there. There's, um, with Fosterville, uh, yeah, we, we're expecting to see uh, some pretty decent uh, throughput levels. Uh, we do have a, a shutdown coming up, uh, but overall, I believe that we're projecting uh, the grades in some of these areas that we're mining uh, to be somewhat lower. Um, Ian, do you want to provide any more color on that? Yeah, sure, Natasha. Uh, look, the, the, the mines are really well sequenced at the moment, um, you know, with the guys are on top of the development and that flows through the stoping. I, I think what we've seen so far is that 
with the with the impact of Paceville coming on you know, last year and and then really embedded this year, uh, and a lot of the work on site that's gone into uh, the production sequences themselves. Now, have we seen the benefit of that now with the uh, with the increased productivity of our of our stoking? Uh, and and we, we expect that to continue on. And, and in fact, you know, we would we would see ourselves improving our our tonnage productivity over over the coming years. And, and, and you know, I guess the, the, the other part in terms of the plant itself, I mean, it's still a lot cheap. The plant is a 800, 850,000 a year or plus plant, right? So it's not milk that, that's holding it back. It's, it's mine productivity. And, and that's maybe a function. Got it. Okay. That's it for me. Thank you. We have no further questions at this time. I'll turn the call back over to Mr. Utting for any closing remarks. Well, thanks everyone again for um, taking part in our call today. As you heard, we had a very strong third quarter and, and a very strong first nine months of 2021. And even more important, we're, we're positioned for a very strong finish and to, to finish the year very well relative to our guidance. Um, looking further ahead, as I said when I started, we're very excited about the upcoming merger with the new legal and we're looking forward to 2022 as really a, a new leader in the gold mining industry. Thanks very much. Ladies and gentlemen, this concludes today's conference call. Thank you for participating. You may now. Thank you for listening to TSX Quarterly. If you enjoyed the cast, remember to leave a good rating. And remember, for any additional inquiries, please consult the company's investor relations section on their website. See you next time.